Welcome to Workplace English Pod, a great way to improve your English on the go. Workplace English Pod is brought to you by Workplace English Training ePlatform, the internet's largest business English resource for learners and teachers of business English. You can subscribe to Workplace English Training ePlatform at www.workplace-english-training.com and get access to podcast transcripts, study notes, interactive exercises, and thousands of additional resources in the training center. Giving and receiving verbal instructions. The ability to understand verbal instructions is a necessary requirement in most workplaces across all industries. Giving verbal instructions is often the quickest and most effective way to communicate ideas. Having said this, verbal communication can often leave room for error and confusion. In this podcast lesson, we're going to look at a number of basic techniques to help you to deliver spoken instructions in a manner which will help minimize any error and confusion. Kevin, the head receptionist at Biometrics, is training a new receptionist, Jenny, on her first day at work. Listen in and decide when Jenny doesn't understand, when she clarifies, i.e. checks what Kevin means, and when she understands. Consider what techniques Kevin uses to ensure his instructions are given clearly and concisely. Okay, Jenny, shall we begin? I'm going to start by showing you how to use the telephone system. Okay, I'm listening. The first thing you should keep in mind is that the phone can often get very busy, and you should always remain polite and calm. A customer will not get a good first impression if you sound nervous. So, I should remain calm and relaxed, right? Yes, exactly. If you receive multiple calls at the same time, just calmly ask the person you're speaking with to hold, and then do your best to get back to them as soon as you can. The line light will start a long flash once someone's been on hold for 30 seconds. A short flash means they have been transferred to you from another department inside the office. Have you got that? Let me just check. Long flash means on hold for 30 seconds. Short flash means transferred from another department. When I answer the phone, I always say, Biometrics, this is Kevin. How can I direct your call? But as long as your greeting contains the name of the company and your name, you can say pretty much anything as long as it's professional and, of course, polite. So your turn now. Give me an example of how you might answer the phone. What about something like, Biometrics, Jenny speaking, may I help you? That's absolutely fine. The most important thing is to sound calm and professional at all times. Now, to transfer a call, you press the hold button, followed by the transfer button. Then, dial the extension to which you're transferring and hang up. You must hang up or the call won't be connected. Is that clear? So that was press hold, transfer, dial the extension, and hang up. Right. Let's try it. I'd like you to transfer me to the R&D department. Okay. So hold, transfer, R&D is extension 118, and hang up. Exactly. Now, if no one in that department is there to take the call, the voicemail will be activated. Usually, that's all there is, but occasionally, you get a customer who insists on speaking to a live person and who won't leave a voicemail message. 
In that case, you'll hear two short rings and the short flash on the light, which means it's an internal transfer. Okay, let me make sure I've got this right. Two short rings and a short flash on the light means that it's someone coming back from voicemail. What should I do after that? Just tell them that they can either leave a message for someone or they can try again later. So, should I write the message down and leave it for the person it's meant for? Yes, usually it'll be for a salesperson or an executive, and each of them has a box in the mailroom where you can put any messages. Are you saying that I shouldn't just leave them a voicemail about the message? Well, you can if you like, but it's unnecessary and adds an extra step. Okay, I see. Anything else? Yes, just to finish off, if someone comes into the office, greet them warmly and ask who they're here to see. Then call that person at his or her desk. Or you can page anyone over the PA system by dialing star zero zero. If a visitor has to wait for a while, make them feel comfortable by offering them something to drink. And ask them a few questions about their day or comment on the weather. You know, that sort of thing, just to break the ice. Right. Okay, just going back to the paging system. Let me just check that I've understood you. So that was star zero zero to page someone. Yes, that's right. So is everything else clear? Yes, actually. It seems pretty clear. Is there anything else I should know or keep in mind? Just one more thing. Smile a lot. It's very busy in this office and it will keep you happy. The first thing that Kevin does is to get Jenny's attention. He says, Okay, Jenny, shall we begin? I'm going to start by showing you how to use the telephone system. Before giving any verbal instructions, it's important to make sure your coworker or coworkers are paying attention to you. Jenny confirms this by saying, Okay, I'm listening. Kevin indicates that he's started giving instructions by saying, The first thing you should keep in mind is that the phone can often get very busy, and you should always remain polite and calm. A customer will not get a good first impression if you sound nervous. When giving verbal instructions, especially when there are a number of instructions or a sequence of steps, you should use a phrase to indicate you're starting. Kevin says, the first thing you should keep in mind to let Jenny know that he's started. Here are some other ways of starting out. Before you begin, you should... The first thing you do is... I would start by... The best place to begin is... To begin with... Use words and phrases like the next thing, after that, the last thing, etc. to clearly outline the sequence or steps. Note also that Kevin uses the modal verb should. The first thing you should keep in mind is... Two modal verbs are common when giving verbal instructions. Should and must. Generally, however, should is used instead of must. Must sounds a little too strong. And should is understood to meant must. When giving instructions, it's important to check that your coworker understands what you've said. Or your coworker should check that they have heard an instruction correctly by querying or clarifying points. Jenny repeats back the instructions she's been given. By doing this, she will get confirmation from Kevin as to whether or not she has understood them correctly. 
she says. So, I should remain calm and relaxed, right? Kevin confirms that she is correct by saying, "Yes, exactly." He could also have said, "Yes, that's right." That's correct. Or yes, you've understood correctly. Kevin then goes on to say, "If you receive multiple calls at the same time, just calmly ask the person you're speaking with to hold, and then do your best to get back to them as soon as you can." When giving instructions, it's common to use conditional sentences like this one. The basic structure of the sentence is, "If that happens, do this," or "Do this if that happens." Whether you're giving spoken or written instructions, we use the command form of the verb. Kevin says, "Ask the person you're speaking with," and "Do your best to get back to them." The command form of the verb "ask" and "do" is clear and direct, and leaves no doubt about what should be done. If the person you're giving instructions to doesn't ask for clarification or confirmation, then you should ask them if they understand what you've just told them. Kevin asks, "Have you got that? Have you got that?" means, "Do you understand?" Kevin then goes on to explain how he would personally answer a call. At the end of this explanation, to check that Jenny has been listening, he asks her how she would do it. He says, "So your turn now. Give me an example of how you might answer the phone." Sometimes, rather than doing all the talking, putting the focus onto a coworker like this is a good technique. It encourages them to listen more intently, and it's a good way of checking their understanding. Let's hear again how Kevin uses the command form of the verb to give instructions. He next says, "Now to transfer a call, you press the hold button, followed by the transfer button. Then dial the extension to which you're transferring and hang up. You must hang up, or the call won't be connected. Is that clear?" In this extract, he says, "Press the hold button, dial the extension, and hang up." Press. Dial and hang up are all command forms. After giving the instructions, he then checks Jenny's understanding by asking, "Is that clear?" He could also have said, "Do you understand? Have you got that? Are you following me? Or are you with me?" Another good technique is to get your coworker to perform a task that you've just explained. Kevin says. Right. Let's try it. I'd like you to transfer me to the R and D department. Notice he uses a direct request format. I'd like you to, instead of a more tentative format like "Could you" or "Would you mind." It's fine to use direct, straightforward language when you're instructing or training someone. Jenny is a good listener and is keen to make sure that she understands all Kevin's instructions correctly. So after the next set of instructions, she takes the initiative to clarify her understanding. She says, "Okay, let me make sure I've got this right. Two short rings and a short flash on the light means that it's someone coming back from voicemail. What should I do after that?" First of all, she uses a phrase to tell Kevin that she's going to repeat back his instructions. She says, "Let me make sure I've got this right." She could also have said. Let me check that I've understood that correctly. 
or let me just repeat those steps back to you. Then she repeats back the instructions she's just been given. And then she queries the next step by saying, What should I do after that? Jenny didn't need to query the next step at this point, but it showed Kevin that she's keen to learn, so she's making a good impression on him. A little later, Jenny queries again. She says, So should I write the message down and leave it for the person it's meant for? Note that it is common to use the modal verb should when querying instructions. We never use the modal verb must to query. We don't say, must I? Here are some example sentences. Should I say my name before the name of the company? Should I push the hold button twice? So you mean I shouldn't leave someone on hold for long? What should I do next? Then, after the next set of instructions, Jenny asks for clarification. She says, Are you saying that I shouldn't just leave them a voicemail about the message? We can use phrases like, Are you saying? Do you mean? So you're saying that? And, So you mean? To clarify an instruction. Listen to these sentences. Do you mean that the boxes are only for messages? Are you saying that I need to press this button here? So you mean that I don't have to press this button twice? So you're saying that I don't need to put the collar on hold. In Kevin's last set of instructions, he again uses conditional forms. Let's hear what he says. If someone comes into the office, greet them warmly and ask who they're here to see. Then call that person at his or her desk. Or you can page anyone over the PA system by dialing star zero zero. If a visitor has to wait for a while, make them feel comfortable by offering them something to drink. First of all, he says, if someone comes into the office, greet them warmly and ask. And then, if a visitor has to wait for a while, make them feel comfortable. Note again the use of the command form of the verb greet, ask, and make when giving the instruction part of the sentence. At the end of the dialogue, Jenny asks for clarification on an earlier instruction, and Kevin asks if all his other instructions are clear. Always check after giving instructions if your co-worker has understood everything. Let's hear that final exchange. Right. Okay, just going back to the paging system. Let me just check that I've understood you. So that was star zero zero to page someone. Yes, that's right. So, is everything else clear? Yes, actually. It seems pretty clear. Following these simple steps should ensure that you give verbal instructions in the correct way and avoid error and confusion. Before giving any instructions, make sure you have your co-workers' full attention. Only give one or a small number of instructions at any one time people will quickly forget large quantities of information. If there is a sequence of steps, indicate this by using words like first, next, after that, and finally. Use simple words. Be clear and concise. Don't use complex language and long words when simple vocabulary will do. 
confirm worker understanding by asking for a demonstration or to repeat back in their own words what was said, as many will say that they understand when, in fact, they don't. If your coworker is not clear about a certain instruction, rephrase the instruction using different words. Don't repeat it using the same language. You can subscribe online at www.workplace-english-training.com.